Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week in the studio, Tamara Lowenthal of the Lotus Education and Arts Foundation. Tamara, thanks. Thanks for having me, Michael. The big deal is going to happen. Lotus Fest.
Well, let me tell you an interesting story, Tamara. I knew nothing about Bloomington. First night I came here, it was a Saturday night in September 2009. Let's drive around the city and look at this place. I see a, a, a courthouse square looming on the horizon. Could barely get through. What's going on? Well, everything was blocked off, tents and so forth. Well, I found out it was for Lotus Fest that year. And I learned what Lotus Fest was, a world music festival, a music and arts festival. That was your first night in Bloomington? That was my first night in Bloomington. Wow. And I said, wow, Bloomington must be a pretty cool town. I'm glad that was your first impression. Yeah, it was a rainy night. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was a rainy Lotus. It was a rainy (laughs) Lotus, but still people were, were it wasn't, you know, downpour. Mm -hmm. And people were still walking around. They were enjoying themselves. Bloomington and Lotus joined at the hip. That's the way I feel. That's the way I think about it, yes. So it's coming up. Now, you get acts from all over the world. How do you get them? How do we get them? Well, we work with a consortium of other presenters in the Midwest. Not only the Midwest. In fact, we work with one in Albuquerque. But that consortium goes to conferences, world music conferences, to look for bands who are touring because they have to be touring already. It's really hard to bring somebody over that's fantastic for just one festival for one act. Mm -hmm. But if you can work with other presenters to bring an act over, then you can help them get visas and you can help them get enough work that they won't have their withholding. Um, Oh, yeah. So that's how we do it. You're saying you help them with Visa and all the State Department stuff? Well, we personally don't do that anymore. We Ah. did do that. No kidding. We did do that in the early thousands, late 1900s, because we were one of the first world music festivals to start. Many people looked to Lotus as one of the early examples of a true world music festival. So You mean one of the first in the nation? One of the first in the nation. And so a lot of people think of us as the granddaddy <laughs> or the grandmama. I that's you say. now, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Me, um, of this world music. There were a couple of others, but we were one of the first. And for that reason, Lee Williams, back when he was starting this organization, he did have to uh, uh, write for visas, apply for visas. Now, I will tell you that the process in the 90s was easier than the process in the late. Uh, 2010s. As we know, after Mm -hmm. 2001, yes. Yeah. Anybody interested in going to this thing, go to lotusfest.org. Very simple. Right. And they have a ways to get tickets there, and you can get the whole schedule. I will say tickets are for sale at the BCT box office. Uh Uh-huh. That is true. But to find out the whole layout of the weekend, it's good to go to to our website, let me ask you something. Yeah. Are you going to sleep at all over those four days? Well, I'm not sleeping now, so why would I sleep then? <laughs> <laughs> Venues around the downtown area and right in downtown, what are they? That's true. So we have, of course, the BCT, the Busquick-Chumley Theater. Right. We have Lotus in the Park, free programming for families, but actually for everybody. It's for everybody, but it's particularly family-friendly. Right. Then we've got... First Christian Church, and then we've got the 10 at 4th Street and the 10 at 6th Street. By the way, very often, it seems like every year, you're involved with one or more of these churches. We are. It must be a spectacular sound in there. The sound is usually really good in the churches. Yeah. 
the churches do have great sound. It's not necessarily going to be church music. In fact, no. (laughs) (laughs) It is not necessarily. Sometimes there's that tie-in, but often it's music that is more acoustic, music that is more delicate, more intimate. Yeah. It's a perfect venue to hear that music in. Right. That's why, why we're so glad the churches will work with us to be part of the festival. Now, I noticed that pretty much every year you draw about 12,000 people to this thing. We do, and and it's through all the different activities that we do how those people become involved. Some of the people become involved are volunteers as well. So Uh um, we have about 600 volunteers for the festival. That's a huge number. Wait, wait, wait. What? 600 for one event. 600 volunteers. It's huge. Oh, you're exaggerating. Really not. Really? Really not. Well, you know, you would know because at one time (laughs) you were the director of facility and volunteer services. Yeah, yeah. Before you became the biggest of big shots there. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) I I was the volunteer coordinator for 11 years, and so I am deeply, I'm deeply appreciative of and involved with the volunteer contingent. It's a large section of the community. It's also a lot of IU students who get involved who either love the music or want to have some experience where they're working towards something larger, which is what Lotus is. Lotus is a gift to the community. It sure is. Now, it, uh, the first one was 1994, first Lotus Fest. Right. And that's, in fact, when the whole organization started. After all those years of being a volunteer and a board member, and you were the, the head of this and you were the head of that, you even wrote grants. I haven't written grants for Lotus, but I've, you know I was an artist. In, in my previous life, I... I made my living as an artist, and so I've written quite a few grants successfully uh-huh. to fund activities that I wanted to do as a dance artist. I just want to go over a couple of the things that you do personally as an artist. You have described yourself as a percussive dancer. Mm-hmm. What, what is, is a percussive dancer? Someone who makes rhythms with their feet, rhythms with the feet. Would tap dancers be under tap that? Tap dancers are under that. Flamenco is under that. Flamenco. Irish step dancers are ah, under that. The um, noisemakers. And cloggers, like old-time cloggers, are included in that, yeah. You also uh, are a dance caller for both square dance and contra dance. I am, and dance calling is the person who prompts the dancers. These are stylized forms of dance where they're figures that compose a dance, and then the caller puts them together and teaches the dance first to the dancers, and then during the dance calls them out. So the caller, the dancers do not have to remember all of the sequence of steps. Huh. The caller calls them out with prompts. So it's an, it's an art form. You actually performed as an artist the 1998 Lotus Fest, you were part of Rhythm and Shoes. It was a dance That's group. That's true. Rhythm and Shoes. I performed with that group. We performed at the convention center on one of those platform stages that was completely not ideal to dance on. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so I remember it just Sort going, of not steady or what? Like uh, metallic and bouncy. Oh. And, and so not, not the best dance surface, but we made it work. It wasn't the first time. We have also performed, I've performed as the Fiddle River String Band at Lotus in the Park about five years ago, and there I had a wooden dance surface supplied by my my group. We brought our own stage, and about six dancers joined us for that set. So you know this whole Lotus Fest thing 
from all angles, all sides, backward and forward? I, I used to think so. <laughs> <laughs> until you became executive yes, director. until I became executive director. So everything has so many sides to it. And, you know, I'm getting older. It's good to still be learning. I don't have to go back to school to learn. I can just get a different job and continue learning. As a dancer, yes, I'll bet your knees are about 100 years old, huh? As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's just because I'm a dancer, but I think it's also because of the other hard labor I have done, gardening and things like that. But a new hip and a new knee are in my future. Oh, my heavens. Oh, yeah, yeah. But not the next two weeks, please, not in the because next there two are weeks. things going on right, here. Right, right. Nothing's going to break for, for the next two weeks. <laughs> Lotus Fest has to find a place for these groups from other countries to stay at. You have to, I suppose, pay for meals? Correct. Travel? All of that. So the the performance fee usually uh, includes some amount of travel in the sense that if they have an an airline fee, we're not going to pay for a flight. But their fee will somehow reflect some portion of the flight for the for the things they're doing. However, we do have to pay for uh, Go Express or a shuttle service from the airport for many of the artists yeah. who fly in. We do have to put them up in a hotel. Right. We do have to feed them. We wow. Have, we have to shuttle them around town. So we rent some vans to shuttle them around town. So there's a lot of different activities. We try to supply massages to the the artists. No we, kidding. Yeah, we we try to do massage. That's well, that's, that's like, mighty nice of that's you. That's mighty nice. <laughs> that's a neighborly Bloomington <laughs> thing to do. So all of those things are are part of the costs of running this festival to treat the artists well. I don't know that we pay them as much as we'd like, meaning we could always pay them more, but with the f- few dollars we have, we try to give them a good experience when they are here. Are you able to tell us uh, where you get a lot of the money to make this thing go? Well, I'll start by saying that 50% of our costs are covered by ticket sales, but that's only 50%. So the other 50% comes from donors and sponsors. Some people will sponsor a stage Uh or they'll sponsor a particular concert, like the opening concert or the closing concert. Sometimes we get people contributing to the food for artist hospitality. Yeah. That's that's a, a cost there. And then we have lots of individual donors yeah. who give give money as they can because they want to see Lotus thrive in Bloomington. Not just thrive. I mean, I was going to say survive and thrive because right. especially um, the work of this festival is done at the moment by three full-time staff and three part-time staff very labor intensive and volunteers yes now those volunteers are mostly on site a couple of them are helping in advance a few of them are helping in advance and so it's a it's a heck of a lot of work yeah to get everything organized and running like clockwork on the budget that we have so we're for us it's the donors the donors the sponsors underwriters people who give money to ensure the success of the festival
it must be an Herculean task. You feel good about it? <laughs> or do you feel like, what the heck did I get myself into? Well, I would say there's probably elements, there's all kinds of answers to that question. <laughs> I'm always super excited about the music that's coming. And I'm super excited about the the quality, the way in which it will be presented, because we have sound people who come in to do the work. We have a backline coordinator. We have our venues hmm. committee. There are so many tasks that without those people doing the tasks they already know, I would be going like, oh my goodness. Because I have some really trusted volunteers in these slots, mm -hmm. it makes me feel like th this is all gonna work. This is gonna work out all right. So you're able to shut your eyes at night and occasionally get to sleep. Yes, sometimes. And not yes. chew your fingernails all night long. Right, yeah, yeah. You've been involved for about 20 years yeah. with Lotus Fest in various ways, shapes, and forms. One of the things uh, that I've heard is that you helped with Lotus Blossoms Outreach. What is What are Lotus Blossoms? Okay, Lotus Blossoms is our educational outreach where uh -huh. we bring artists into schools. Oh. So Lorraine Martin is actually the coordinator of that program, but my role in that has been to travel the last few years to go with all the artists to all the schools. I know sound just well enough to be dangerous, to put up a, <laughs> to put up a sound system for the artists and then also to introduce the artists. And to me that's been, it's a, ha a, a large job, but it's also such a privilege because unlike the festival where there's so much happening all the time. Mm. With Lotus Blossoms, we usually start in March and go through the middle of April, and we'll take an artist for a week, and that artist is taken around to the various schools that have booked that artist. Where are these artists from? They are the same artists who come to the festival. It's just that they're artists who have a particular knack or experience with presenting to younger audiences. Uh -huh. Now, they're still totally able to communicate with adults, are you telling me that uh, the Lotus Foundation, the overall group, has things going on all year long? That's what I'm telling you. We all know, or we should know, that Lotus was a guy. Yes. A fellow named Quentin Dickey. So, so when people ask about the name for Lotus, uh -huh. I, since I was there from the beginning, especially in terms of naming it, the first event was a world music festival it was didn't have a name yet because it, we didn't know it was going to happen again right uh-huh lotus is also a flower that's world known as a flower symbol of peace yes. and and grows in many regions and even here even in bloomington even in indiana and so for us naming lotus was really this combination of the symbolism of a lotus flower combined with the symbolism of a local traditional musician, because Lotus grew up in Paoli in Orange County. Mm -hmm. He's an old-time fiddler. Mm -hmm. I knew him. You did? I knew him. He even played for my dance group, Rhythm and Shoes. No kidding. No kidding. He was a musician for a couple of, of uh, performances we did. Well, why him? I think it was because he embodied what is the local tradition of this area. In southern Indiana, if you were going to look for what kind of music might have been a traditional kind of music, people play the fiddle, people play the banjo. That's what people do in this community, in the rural communities around Bloomington. Yeah, yeah. That was the heritage of the people that settled here. 
So I think that's why he was such a wonderful man, very inspiring, pr- like great heart, yeah, great musician, both of traditional material, but also wrote his own music, wrote many of his own songs. So it, it was this combination how he represented the best of a traditional style, and he was ours, meaning he belonged to Southern Indiana, <laughs> you know? So I think, and I think it was like, and he has the name Lotus, and we like the symbolism of Lotus already. What a perfect marriage. So I think sometimes... It fell into your laps. It fell into in, our in laps. And, and it is good to clarify for those who don't know who think it was just named for Lotus, yeah. Dickie, that we say, for us, the the flower and the man and the, the dual appropriateness of that naming came together. It wasn't one versus the other. It was the serendipity of both coming together. That Don't you love it when things turn out like that? I love it. And I, I love the name Lotus. I think it's such a beautiful name for us. You're from Paraguay. I was born in Paraguay, South America. What language is spoken in Paraguay? Spanish. Well, Guarani. Guarani is the like the local version. Like mm-hmm. it's the native language. But Spanish is the like the language people would learn in school. Would someone from Mexico or Puerto Rico understand a, a speaker of the Paraguayan dialect? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. It can be done. I, I think Spanish Spanish has its variations. I mean, in Mexico, there are several dialects. Right. So, um, and we know Spanish that comes that's spoken in Spain has a totally different sound to it, but people can understand, yes. Yeah, so they get it. So how long were you in that country? So I was the last of there. I had five older siblings that were born there, so I was the You're last. You're the baby. Well, there were two babies after me, but oh. this was after we moved to the States. Ah. I was in a large family. I was in a commune. I mean, I was born into a commune. So Really? Yeah. So that's a whole nother story, not for today. <laughs> but So how old were you when you came? Three and a half. Three and a half, so you don't really have memories I have of a few, living there. I have a few memories, oh, actually. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of like still shots of places we went. Some of them are beautiful, like sitting with my dad on a horse, pulling an orange from a tree. <laughs> like it's just there. One of them is crossing on a little bridge and seeing a, one of those small crop planes fly overhead. Huh. It's weird. And and another one is eating sugarcane. That was our candy down there, sugarcane. Is it sweet? Why yes. It is. It well, is sweet. I, I wondered maybe maybe you have to refine it to make it sweet. No, 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 no. It's sweet. Huh. Yep. You've seen the world. Oh, little parts of it. Little parts, little parts of it. Of it yeah. You've seen Bloomington, Indiana, yeah. the home of Lotus Fest. And again, let me remind people, we've got Tamara Lowenthal. Uh, she's going to be going full tilt for the next couple of weeks because Lotus Fest. When it was first done, who knew? I think that's it. Who knew? And it's really, it. then I think it's a big testimony to this community that they want to see this kind of world music presented here. Mm-hmm. Because... If there weren't that will, people coming to attend it, people coming to volunteer, people supporting it financially, it wouldn't still exist. Lotus Fest is one of those things that defines this town. I think that it does. The big highlight of the year, you're on top of it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Lotus Fest coming up. Tamara Lowenthal, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me, Michael. Michael.